Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode lucky 13 of the RK Holiday Games Cast, where we talk about the infinite amount of games that there are to play. And I want to start this week off by sharing with you some very rotten luck. <laughs> it's been one of those years, guys. Um, so I had a TV. God, I, I had a TV. Oh, boy. I had a TV that was a Samsung QLED TV. And I got a QLED TV because I once had an OLED TV. Had issues. But I got the Best Buy you know, coverage, and they replaced it for a TV of, you know, greater or equal value. That was a pretty great process. Got the QLED TV. I've had it for about two years, and it's been pretty terrific for gaming. I specifically got a TV for gaming um, at the time. This is probably 2018, and never had any issues with it. But just to be safe... With Best Buy, I got the coverage so that I would be covered for a couple more years in case there were any issues that came up. But everything that I researched and read, you know, said, hey, you know, OLED looks maybe a little bit better. It's a different technology, but QLED is going to last you longer. So that's what I did. Um, This past Saturday night, my wife and I... Watched a movie, had no issues with the television, and then I said, hey, I'm going to throw on a little FIFA. Try the old FIFA 21 on the old PS5. Let's see what's going on with it. And played a match, and as I was playing a match, I was like, oh, wow, I noticed like a line in the middle of the screen, but I was like, okay, that's, wow, uh, are they simulating like one of those floating cameras that you see sometimes at football games or soccer games or whatever. Um, I was like, maybe. And so then I, you know, went to the menus. I was like, wait, the line's still there. And then I quickly went to a different source, you know, HDMI, the line's still there. Then I do the Samsung picture test, you know, that comes with the television. You can go select and test your TV out. See if there's any issues with the the screen or the source. And the line's still there. Quite unfortunate. But no problem. This is 11 o'clock at night. Nothing I should worry about that instant. The next day, I'll simply cash in on my Best Buy coverage and get the TV repaired. No problem, right? That's the ease of mind that you pay for To my surprise, that Sunday, the very next day, I go to check my plan ID for my coverage. And I kid you not, it had ended on that Saturday. So the very day that my coverage for the television had expired was the very day at the end of the day. Then my television bugged out. So I go physically to Best Buy, see if they can help me. They say, look, you're going to have to call the number. Only then they can help you. 
called the number. Guy on the phone says, listen, man, that sucks. It's terrible. We used to give people a little extended coverage. We got in trouble for doing that. Can't do it anymore. I'm persistent. So I call back again, try to get somebody else and see if they'll help me. I uh, go through several channels at that point who take me to a place to say, look, we can help you on your expiration of your plan. We can extend it. Um, if Samsung doesn't have a warranty, which, you know, those warranties are usually a year long, they probably can't help you. You can sign up for like a total tech support with Best Buy and it'll cost you for repairs, but we will come out and repair anything that you purchase from Best Buy, like in your house for like a year. And it costs for a couple hundred dollars and then $50 for travel and then parts replacement, labor, you know, the cost would be who knows what. And at that point, I'm like, I don't know if I want to risk that. So talk to Samsung, get on the phone with them, get a ticket opened. They close it because it's not warranty anymore. I call them back and say, hey, I know it's not a warranty. I just want this thing repaired. Can you give me a quote on this? They then tell me, we do not repair out-of-warranty televisions. But if you want to know, like, the kind of parts that could potentially, you know, be the issue, these are what they are. They didn't give me barcodes or anything. They just said, you know, that might not be that hard to replace. You're going to have to call, like, a local TV shop to fix this for you, man. Like, we're doing nothing for you. So I said, oh, boy. Okay. Um, so... I said, instead of that, because there aren't really any TV repair shops in my area um, that I'm aware of, Google a little bit, didn't really find anything that looked promising. Um, I decided to give it a whirl myself. So I popped it open, which was problematic, and found the ribbon that I believe would have if I would have replaced it, it would have solved the horizontal line. I believe even then, I don't know, right? Like it could have been not the ribbon itself, but the port that the ribbon fit in. I, I, I don't know. That was on eBay for 20 bucks. Well, then to my surprise, after kind of testing the TV a little bit, I found that I had more lines, like vertical lines. And I was like, crap, what did I do? And I found out that as I was popping the TV open, my screwdriver had punctured another ribbon um, on a circuit board connected to the screen. And unfortunately, in my efforts to find a replacement with the barcode and then the codes of the circuit board, literally nothing online. Even if I could find that replacement circuit board with its rib matching ribbons to then put it back to the display. It, would that work? Would I mess something else up? Probably, but you know, the parts not even available. So unless I go Minecraft here and start building, you know, plastic ribbons and metal circuit boards, um, we're probably not going to get this issue resolved. So you win some, you lose some, and I lost. That's okay. I'm going to get a TV to replace it, and 
I'm going to get Best Buy to pick this thing up. Unfortunately, it's it's toast. Um, and that sucks. But I will say I probably won't buy a gaming TV again. Those are quite expensive. You know, TVs that you kind of search for and research for, they're good for gaming, you know, input lag. Those can be pretty expensive. And for me, the amount of risk there is for, you know, the potential thousand or two thousand dollars for that. I just don't know if I want to go down that road again. So I got a different TV that's a little bit of a downgrade probably, but has a wonderful picture that I've seen uh, in person. And I have a cover for five years. So if this thing breaks, I hope it happens in the next five years rather than two. But I'm sure what will happen is five years from now, uh, <laughs> it'll break the day that my plan expires. Anyway, we're this is not about video games. We're going to talk about video games here, I promise. And this week we're talking about a game of desperation, a game of pain, a game that reminds me of 2020 a bit. Tom Clancy's The Division. And this is the original Division. Yes, there was a Division 2 in Washington, D.C. We're going to talk about the one that came out in 2016 of March on Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One. (sighs) Developed by Massive Entertainment and published by Ubisoft. If you've listened to this podcast before, you know that I play Ubisoft games. And it's like, I don't know if I love them, but I just play a lot of their games. I don't know. They, they got me, they got me cornered. Um, so massive games, um, it's been around since like 2000 or something. They've put out some games, um, the ones you may have heard of world in conflict, um, Assassin's Creed revelations. I think that was like a spinoff far cry three, which I believe was reviewed quite well, maybe not as loved as Far Cry 2. Put out Just Dance. And then, in 2016, they said, you know what? We're going back to the well of shoot 'em ups And being, being well, maybe not shoot 'em up might not be the best term for it. But uh, more mature games, we're not dancing necessarily. And they made the Division. They made the Division 2 in 2019. And in the future, they're going to be making an Avatar game and a Star Wars game. And, you know, we could chat a little bit about Lucasfilm games, this new reformed department from Lucasfilms or Disney or whoever now. Um, It sounds like Electronic Arts no longer has the uh, exclusive rights to Star Wars games. Which is a Star Wars fan, I am okay with that. I'm willing, you know, I'm happy to see what others do with a Star Wars title. Uh, EA has fumbled quite often, but you know, Jedi Fallen Order, I'm sure we'll talk about at some point, was actually quite good. Um, and Squadrons is quite good. Um, so we'll probably talk about those as well, but. But the division came out around, oh, I want to say it was around the time of Destiny. 
And these games are essentially at the core of what the gameplay is, is you shoot stuff, you work with your friends to shoot stuff. Once you beat the thing, you get loot and you become a little bit stronger so that you can shoot a little bit stronger things. That's that's it, the core, okay? The Division, however, is unique because it is set in a post-apocalyptic New York City in the winter, like during Christmas time. So it's very snowy and, and like the time doesn't change, but there's like a day and night cycle from my memory. And, you know, it's like winter and New York is done. And interestingly enough, the reason for this uh, (laughs) destruction was a viral pandemic. Um, I am happy to report that COVID-19 has not been quite as bad as the division. But, um, But yeah, that's your setting. You're in New York. It's snowy. And you are trying to put New York back together. So who are you? What is the division? The division is a special ops organization put in place by the U.S. government that you're like a special agent. And if things go bad, you get activated. And it's not like... You're not activated like brainwashed, but like you're activated in a way like, okay, we got people on the ground living normal lives in New York. You guys are all trained. You know what to do. You can get band together as special agents and lead the charge to like get the city under control. You're like the post-apocalyptic. CIA or FBI, I don't know. It's something like that, right? Like where you're like, you have been given the keys, the technology to put this thing back together and, and get, you know, get things under control. Try to get things back in order. Well, in this game, you know, you're a division agent, create your own character. You start off level one. I think you level up to 20 or 30. They use real guns, real world guns in this game, which is pretty fantastic. That's really neat, especially if you're a gun geek. And it is over the shoulder combat. Um, so like you, you point and shoot, you can aim down sights, but it's a cover shooter. So you get behind cover, then you shoot, you know, do some damage. Lots of different types of guns, rifles, submachine guns, automatic weapons, pistols, the whole gambit. And then you have technology skills. You get little turrets. You get little seeker drone bombs. Like you can heal your teammates, you know, things like that. But it was it was quite a fun game. You know, you pick up clothes, change what, you know, stuff your little guy's wearing or girl's wearing. Some of the biggest complaints around this game were you have a shooter in a realistic New York and you have realistic guns, but then when I go to shoot someone, it's not like I shoot them. It's like an RPG. Like I see numbers come off their head. And they're just a thug in a hoodie running around. And it takes me like 
10 clips of a submachine gun when they're wearing new armor to take them down. I have a crazy amount of armor based on my stats and they can shoot me with like two shots. So I get that. That does kind of take you out of the world, but it is an RPG and like a gear driven RPG. For me, it worked wonderfully. Like I get it. I understand what they were trying to do. It's a role-playing game. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Division two tried to kind of please both parties where, Hey, we don't want bullet sponges, but we want everything else. And they try to kind of thread that needle and it didn't quite play as well, but that's two more of the setting, which we'll talk about division two at some point, I'm sure. But this game, the storyline was fine from memory. I put tons of hours into this game. And honestly, the best parts of the game were to me, the expansions. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about kind of the trajectory of the game. So it's not all of New York, but you open up different zones and you help, you know, set, you get a forward operating base, you know, base of operations, and you set that up, you recruit people, you take down different gang and gang leaders, and you kind of clean and cover different zones in New York. Then there was this fantastic idea in my opinion, where the game had the dark zone. Okay. The dark zone, as far as the world goes, was the idea that like in the dark zone, you always have to have a mask on, (laughs) not like a mask like we wear now, but like a real gas mask. Like the disease is terrible there. There's like other issues there. Like it's, and you can't, it's uninhabitable. You can't really inhabit it. In that zone, there were really, really tough NPC enemies, not playable characters that were hard to beat, but also other players were there and they could join you and help you, but it was also a PvP area, meaning that they could shoot you and you can shoot them. You had your own level there. So why play that? Why even go there? You know, if it's PvP, there's PvP modes. You can go. There's probably a better shooter out there to play if you want to do this. Sure. Out there, you could potentially get better loot. And there was a risk to it. So you could go with a group, take down some enemies. They drop really good loot. Or you could find really good loot in cases. And then you have to extract the loot. So you get a little flare gun. You go to a special place in the map. There's only a few different places. You would have to shoot off a flare gun. Everyone else that's in your map in the dark zone knows that there's an extraction. They can get to you, take you out, and steal your stuff. Or they might not bother you at all if they're working on their own thing. You never know. So in this like blizzardy, dark... New York, where you're running through and you're either alone or with a friend or a couple friends. It's hard to know, like, is this going to be a good situation or a bad situation? Am I going to get this loot out or not? So that was a really interesting thing. And, you know, they've kind of tweaked it over the years. But I think they finally got it. Like, when the beta, it was in a really good place. It felt really fun. 
And then throughout the game, it felt very different. It was like a little wide and it gets to the point where people were taking out low level people, which is fine to me. I mean, that zone, that's fine. I think it's okay for not to be bullying, but for there to be chaos and a higher risk and high risk of your time and efforts. But, excuse me, um, but essentially, um, it kind of waned. And I feel like in Division 2, it was not as good. Again, we can discuss when we talk about Division 2. But it was a really cool thing. So the game came out, and it had, you know, little instances or zones or little you know you have the open world you have your story quest you have a little open world quest it's like a ubisoft game like an assassin's creed or something but then you had like these levels where it was kind of guided and you could play with friends or you could play and it was like a dungeon essentially like if you ever play world of warcraft or something it's a dungeon you're gonna have better loot there you have a boss you have a couple bosses maybe um, some rewards only happen once a week or whatever. You know, these are some places you can run as you get the end game and get different points or credits or drops or something like that for special weapons. It's like kind of an MMO. Again, think World of Warcraft if you ever played that or heard of that. Um, or, or know how that game works, I should say. Everybody's probably heard of it, but, um, so an issue arose, though, when the game came out, probably a few months after it came out, where there was a really bad bug when they released their first raid, and people were cheating it, and they were getting really good gear very easily. Again, not it's not a game breaker, but it is a problem. Why is that a problem? Well, it's a problem because... Now, if you go to the dark zone, I mean, there's always going to be people with better gear and stuff. But now, when you go to the dark zone, you have people that are kind of cheesing this thing that's supposed to be harder, take more group effort. And now everyone has kind of this top-tier gear. Well, if you're behind and you don't have a group and you can't really get that gear as easily or it gets patched before you get in on it, you're going to have an infinitely harder time leveling up to that point or getting yourself up to that point as your other potential peers or enemies in the dark zone. And it might now take you 40 hours where it took someone two hours at some point. Not a game breaker, but if you don't love the game, this isn't like your game, right? Like your number one game. You're probably not going to put that effort in. You're probably going to feel a little defeated and you're probably going to back out. So they lost a lot of people at that time until they fixed some of their issues. Um, Then they came out, interestingly enough, they came out with some DLC. And I did not jump back in until they had pretty much released all of their new DLC in that game. But they had a mode, which was their best mode, the best thing Division has ever done called survival and this is very important that you understand what i'm about to say 
if you didn't experience this. This was before Battle Royale games existed. Okay, those are still very new. The battle, like PUBG did not exist. Fortnite did not exist. Okay. The Arma 2 beta mod may have existed, but it was not a widespread thing or something that, you know, people were on fire about. It was a neat idea, but poorly executed. The Division may have done Battle Royale first, guys. I'm just going to say it. I I mean, I got to get my calendars out, but this was such a fun game mode. And I believe, in my mind, it was kind of the first Battle Royale situation. Now, it wasn't a shrinking circle, But let me explain to you what it is so that you understand what happens. So you queue up. Basically, the game takes a part of the dark zone. And it makes it really dark, really blizzardy, kind of hard to see. And you have a limited amount of time to survive slash beat this thing. So you get dropped in. Not You don't jump out of anything, but you spawn in around the map randomly, around the edge. So you're like, you have a closed off section of the map, but you're on the edge. On the edge of the map, you can go in buildings, you can collect very basic things like food and water. You need that to survive. You do have like a, a health bar and you have like some survival elements because you're freezing. And... You start off randomly, and then you're given a map. You're given a map of, hey, here's a crash site. Hey, here's a place that might would have some materials for you. Hey, here's a place that might would have a gun or some clothes to keep you warm, right? So as you're playing, it's pitch black. You only have a pistol. You may have... Um, you may run into other people who can and will kill you and should, because that's the point of the game, is like if they kill you... They can get your stuff, but also at the end, which we'll talk about in a second, you don't need a lot of people there at the end. You need to just be you and your boys, or just you, to beat this thing and extract loot. Um, so you, you're you freezing, so you have to find fire barrels, stay warm, warm up, get your little warm bar up, or you can find clothes like a jacket or a hat. And that'll help keep your warmth up. But then you have to find parts and water and things like that uh, for your gun so that you can, you know, get a better gun or mod your gun to to be better because you start with nothing. So as you move forward through the game, there's harder and harder like little enemies. And then, if I remember correctly, and then there's also like safe houses. So you get, you try to go kind of towards the middle of the map. You don't want to go too fast because you don't want to miss out on important loot because it gets more difficult when you get to a harder zone in the center. But you also don't want to go too slow because you're going to run out of time. And you're not going to be able to extract, um, 
any goodies that you find there that you, you know, you can't use, but, but you can take out, um, back into your main character, into the, into the other part of the game. So this loot is very high level at the time when this expansion came out. It was like some of the best loot you could get. And it was still pretty good loot whenever they introduced other, other expansions. But this expansion was still good. Off the gameplay alone, didn't really matter the loot. So what happens is, is if you can make it to the middle of the map and you have yourself together and your materials together and you've survived, you can call in for an extraction. But what happens is, is a very hard NPC super soldier anti-agent spawns. I can't remember what they're called. Rogue agents? No. I can't remember what they're called. But it's an NPC. They're hard. And they will kill you very easily. So one of those spawns, and they just chill in that area while you're trying to extract. And you have to take that thing down. And it's one of the hardest enemies in the game. So you and your friend or you have to work to figure out how you're going to kill this. So you have to kill it. And then, by the way, if there's anybody else alive, they know this is happening. So what can they do? They can come in, kill you while you're fighting this very hard enemy and take your stuff. Or, while you're fighting, they can call in their bad dude. And now there's two enemies you have to kind of deal with. And, oh, by the way, another team or player you have to deal with. Because, you know, typically it's not going to end well uh, to extract or get away um, at the same time. You know, you're going to fight each other, try to get each other's loot. So I only ever won this like once or twice. (laughs) But it was really the first kind of um, Battle Royale mode. And then to me it was fantastic. And I really hope Division 2 adds something like it. It won't quite work in Washington unless they do something very specific. I mean, it could work. But um, now that Battle Royales are everywhere, it might not be as good or they might would borrow and it might would change a little bit. But it was very authentic and it was very fun. And I, I really like these games. And so I, I feel like I've talked about this quite a lot. So let's just talk really quickly. Um, this game was a $60 game when it came out. I think it was absolutely worth $60, $60 based on the amount that I played, the amount that I completed it. Um, I was in a good place when I played this game, had people to play with. And, you know, this game now is probably darn free. It's probably $5. I mean, let's be honest. I think Division One probably still has a community that you probably still could play and find people to play with. I don't know if you'd be able to get into some of these survival modes or multiplayer modes. Maybe you would. But, you know, Division 2, most people probably move there. The real Division fans, though they love Division 1 better, mostly, like, based on what I've seen. And I like Division 1 better than Division 2. Um, there might be still be some people there, but I, probably a lot are in Division 2. But those games you can get on sale pretty easily. Um, something I hate about the game was the there was a big grind at the end game, which these kind of games, these open world 
MMO type games, I mean, that's there's always a grind at the end. There's always a big grind at the end to get that one item, to farm that one item. And when that happens, and like the when the curve of progression comes to a halt, that's when you have to really love the game or have a nice community to keep chipping away. And if you lose that, you're probably going to jump off until there's like a next update to kind of ride that wave again. So for me, the end game, I really hope there's a game that comes out at some point and figures out how to kind of solve for that or keep the carrot, keep the carrot enticing. But when you've played a game for 30, 40, 50, 60 hours and you get to that point where you're like, okay, it's going to take me, I want this one gun. It's the best gun. And it's going to take me anywhere 20, 30 hours to get lucky. And maybe even then, if I'm in a bad raid team or I'm not in a good situation, we don't even, or it's too hard, I have the difficulty to get a better roll. And I can't beat it and I don't get the roll. Well, then I've wasted that time and I've got nothing. But let's say you do get it. Let's say you do get it. Let's say you get that that special weapon or piece of armor and you got it. Okay. Well, now you have the best gear in the game. And you can just smoke people in PvP. You can kind of just walk around with it. I mean, you can already squash most enemies fairly easily. You can help other people get better gear. You can run things faster. You can beat things faster. You're more efficient. You can kill things like some like the end game hardest of the hard isn't as hard anymore. Slightly. Um, and then when there was a new expansion in a few months or six months, that gear is probably going to not be good anymore. You have to start again. So I love those games to build up. I love to play through them and, and get to that end point. But once you get to that end point, it's kind of hard to... It's hard to kind of roll that dice and say, am I willing to put 80% of effort for a 20% return, potentially? Pareto's Law, check it out. Um, But am I willing to squeeze out that one, you know, tiny percentage chance to get that small percentage increase so that I can do something a small percentage faster and more efficiently? And then you start to think, or I could go play another game. Anyway, I love the setting of this game. I loved the real guns. I love the feel of the game. Character customization. Survival mode. Um, and and the RPG element of looting, getting better things, trying out different things, things that felt differently. And, and the co-op and multiplayer part of this game was, was fantastic. So, I mean, these are a lot of things I loved about the game. Um, I think that's going to be it for me. I'm going to go cry over my TV. Um, and just be, I'm counting my blessings though, that COVID-19 so far is not as bad as the division. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been in New York. Maybe it is that bad. I mean, with the media, who knows what's going on, but, um, hopefully it's not that bad. And I hope that we never experience a division in our world. And if you have in some other place or world, I am very sorry, but I hope 
only warm wishes and well things to friends, enemies, people that don't like me. I only wish the well for everyone or wish well for everyone. Whatever the case may be, uh, I hope that you take love and goodness with you this week. And I hope it is wonderful uh, for you and your friends and your family. See you. Mm-hmm.